Football is about the Jimmys and Joes and X's and O's. Blue 58! Blue 58! Check New York Bozo! New York Bozo! 28, Baker Bruce! It's time to get out the chalkboard and diagram some plays. Here's where it all starts right here. Let's play! G-Money Christmas! What the hell's going on out here? This is Inside Football with former Colts and NFL coach Rick Venturi. We are back here on Inside Football with Rick Venturi and with the Colts playing on Thursday night. We thought we'd give you a recap podcast instead of a preview podcast. And good thing we decided to go that route because there's a lot to recap after the Colts beat the Jets 45 to 30 in a game the Colts wish wasn't that close. But the Jets made it interesting in the end with their third string quarterback in Josh Johnson. I'm Matt Taylor and Rick, hope you got some sleep after the late night last night. I know you've been pouring over the tape today so far and pretty impressive stuff from the Colts on offense last night. We'll talk about the defense, but the Colts on offense, they put up 45 points, the most in the Frank Reich era, uh, 532 total yards, six most in the Indy era, the most in a game for the Colts since 2004, and the Colts scored touchdowns on the first four drives of a game for the first time since 2007. So between Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, and that offensive line last night. That was that was pretty much a perfect night offensively from the Colts. Oh, absolutely. I'm like that light bulb that's about ready to, to flicker out. So they always say you shine the brightest before that happens. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we shine bright today, to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I was really, uh, I'm really happy uh, with last night for the most part, particularly, as you said, on offense. Uh, you know, I felt like it was, you know, and they made it interesting. There's no question about it. But I felt like it was kind of a game that we needed, Matt, where we could just exhale, you know, particularly, you know, coming off that life and death up and down, win, lose, win, lose, uh, you know, from a week ago that just took it out of yeah. everyone. And I was impressed that, you know, we were able to just really dominate, let ourselves, the team, the fans kind of exhale and breathe and look forward, you know, with a mini buy here. But, you know, I think the impressive things is, I, you know, and I always look at the coaching perspective. I, I And I said this in the pregame, I, I really expected them to play well because Frank does a terrific job. You can criticize him for different things like you can criticize any head coach, but he does a really good job of getting his team to play in those one-week cycles, whether it's four days, seven days. He does a really good job. He, he, he always goes on to the next one. You know, and Thursday night can be a freak show, uh, particularly coming off of a, a very difficult win, a difficult loss in that sense. And, you know, I, I just felt like, you know, that they the, the team came out on fire. Um, even on the short week there, they came out on fire. Our offense was just dominant. I mean, dominant from the beginning. Um, you control the line of scrimmage. We'll get into the pluses and minuses, but, you know, basically control the line of scrimmage. I think in some ways, and I hope it continues, I think it must continue, kind of reestablish an identity. Now, you're not going to have those yards, you know, against great teams. I mean, you're not going to have those kinds of numbers. But I, I think, you know, Frank came out and consciously said, you know, we're going to have running back touches. We're going to make sure at the end of the day, the 28, 21, and 11, you know, obviously with the assistance of number two, are going to have a lot of touches today. And, you know, that's my thing. My thing at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that Jonathan touches the, the ball on the running game 
25 to 30 times. But I think it is important to get him the touches, whether it's screen passes, swings, same thing with Hines. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, and the two of them combined, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. I think, I think 20, what, what was it? 25 runs uh, together for 246, uh, uh, 246 yards in, you know, basically the touches, you know, you know, basically 31 touches for 306 yards. And you saw what you got out of it, the highest point production in a long, long time. So, you know, I thought the offense really dominated, showed that, you know, they can, they are definitely a top, top playoff type offensive team right now. So, you know, I, I really liked it. And, you know, one thing I, I will say, and I don't mean this negative, I mean this positive, but, you know, the Colts do a really good job of winning games that they should win. And that's really important because when you, you know, you have those should wins and then, then what we have to do is figure out a way and we're going to get into this later, how to beat the four elite teams that we have left. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, what you're alluding to is the Colts are 0 for their last eight against teams that made the playoffs in 2020, including 0 and 4 this year against teams that are uh, 500 or better uh, but then defensively, if we can go back and recap that Jets game, the Colts struggled to once again put a team away on defense, right? The Colts led 42-10 to 10 with six minutes to go last night in the third quarter, but they were outscored 20-3 to three the rest of the game. Mike White started the game. He had 95 yards passing before he left the game with the injury. And then Josh Johnson, who was activated day of the game off the practice squad, he comes in, throws for a career-high 317 yards, three touchdowns, the Colts gave up 486 total yards of offense, Rick. They allowed the Jets to go 8 for 14 on third down. Not a lot of pressures during the game. They got the two sacks from Taylor Stallworth, but it was okay for last night, but the Colts still have more good offenses to face the rest of the season here. Buffalo with Josh Allen, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, Arizona with Kyler Murray. Hopefully this is something that we aren't talking about too much longer. Yeah, this is this is a troublesome area. And it's really been there since this regime has been there, you know, and it, the things that are very troublesome and you're, you're exactly right to chronicle those four guys, because when we get to those games, we're going to have to split to get in the playoffs. I mean, we're not going to be able to go 0 and 4 across that board and think that we're going to go in. But the biggest thing is the, the issues just continue on the past defense part of our team. Okay, there's a schematic issue that we can talk about when we get into the some things we're going to talk about later. Um, you know, we have we have issues schematically. Um, we have issues with the rush. Uh, you know, we just we have so many issues, and what's killing us, and this has killed us for years, really, is the high percentage of pass completions. We sit at number thirty. Um, QB, you know, the the passer rating, we're at twenty seven. You know, and, you know, and it really doesn't matter. You know, we can talk about injuries all we want, but we've been lit up by everyone from Drew Brees to Blake Bortles to Minshew to Josh Johnson. I mean, we've been lit up for three years. And if you don't think that that pass percentage is important, just go to NFL stats and look at the bottom 10 teams on pass percentage against and then tell me that it's not important because they're all bottom feeders but us. They're all bottom feeders. And that's the element that really scares me. Plus 29th in fourth quarter points given up, which was so unusual for us. 
but we're really, really struggling. And if we can't find a way to fix it, you know, it will it will negate an offense that I think is playoff bound, but a defense that could hold you back to an eight and a nine. That is just kind of how I look at it. And we'll get into it a little bit more as we go on. That's Rick Venturi. This is Inside Football. I'm Matt Taylor, and that's a look back at the uh, win last night for the Colts over the Jets. Improved to four and five on the season with a win, forty-five to thirty over New York. Uh, the Colts have won four of their last six heading into this mini buy after playing on Thursday night last night. So, let's talk big picture. Let's let's go on offense. Let's talk positives through nine games because there are positives to look at. Oh, God, yes. Right? I mean, they've scored at least 30 points in four straight games for the first time since 2010. The running game has really taken shape lately. The Colts are coming off 260 against the Jets, the most by any team in the NFL this season. The offensive line's getting healthier. It's getting better. Carson Wentz has thrown at least two passing touchdowns in six straight games. Uh, Three of his top four passer rating games of his career – have come this season, including a career-high 134 against the Jets. Um, He's only thrown three picks all year. Jonathan Taylor looks like he might be the NFL rushing champ now that Derrick Henry's banged up. Leads the NFL in scrimmage yards as well. Has an 83-yard run, a 78-yard run, a 76-yard catch. Naeem Hines came on against the Jets. And then Michael Pittman Jr. is emerging as a top receiver in year number two. He's on pace for over 1,200 receiving yards uh, Rick, those are my positives for an offense that, again, appears to be able to keep up with any team in the NFL the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I think that this offense is a, is basically, and there's some things that we have to get better at, but it's potentially a deep playoff run offense. I mean, you chronicled a bunch of stats to me, scoring number eight, total 13, um, time of possession 11, which is your defense best friend, you know, rush number two in terms of yards per carry at 5-1, number two in the league. Uh, and, you know, I think the other thing that people are not probably watching too closely is that Carson has now moved up near the top 10 in QBR, which is my big stay. I think he's 11, but he's 11 moving up. So, you know, when I look at the positives, I think you have to look, when you look at the overall picture, you have to look at Wentz's game a week ago as an anomaly, the interceptions. I, I I just think that's an anomaly. Now, I think it's important going forward that we keep him in rhythm and that we kind of keep him on the reservation so that he doesn't, in an attempt to make plays, that he overdoes that. But I think you're talking about one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's going to be in that top 10 moving up. You have a great player in 28, and you have a very good player in 21. Pittman has emerged from schematic guy to a guy that wins one-on-ones. I mean, no question he he won it on the controversial touchdown, which to me wasn't controversial. He took three steps with that ball high. Our offensive line just dominated last night. I mean, it dominated. It pushed the line of scrimmage. The protection overall, you know, has has really been pretty good. You know, we're we're, st- we're sitting there in the top 15 and in, in, in sacks given up. So I, I think those things are giving you the 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 ability to be really good. You know, I think I hope that Frank can keep this identity. And I, I, I'm going to say it right now. One of the things that I really like is that having an X amount, even more than we do, X amount of 28 and 21 in the game together. I call it fast regular. 
And I say that because you have, you know, right now at this point, the best runner in the National Football League in 28, you can keep a tight end in the game. But what you do is now you add this hybrid, number 21, <clears throat> you know, Hines, and we don't have a great receiver core after after Pittman, so it's not like we're giving up a lot. And you've got a guy you can flank like we did last night. We ran him on a reverse. You can bring him back into the backfield, and he can be the runner. I mean, you know, you can go wildcat with him. I mean, basically, I really like that grouping, and I would like to see us exploit it even more. But again, we have major league assets at this point. The guys that I mentioned, the numbers that I mentioned, adding the offensive line, you have game changers. Those guys are game changers. No, they're home run hitters. It isn't just four yards in a cloud of dust. They're home run hitters. So, you know, there isn't any belief. There's a ton of positives here. And again, we are gradually moving up. And again, the key issue, scoring number eight. That's critical. And, you know, in terms of offensive tweaks that need to be made the rest of the season, I know it's only one game, but some are still talking about the 50 pass attempts against the Titans on Sunday. Um, Some people want to see Jonathan Taylor carry the ball 40 times a game, if that's possible. Anything you want to see tweaked about the offense right now going into these last eight games? Well, I think I think a couple of things, uh, you know, and, and this isn't necessarily a tweak. This to me is just a continuance. I, I want us to maintain the identity. And it's not to me about necessarily now, you know, we blew it out in terms of rushing. There's there's no question about we blew it out in terms of rushing. We had 246 yard, yards rushing from, uh, you know, from from Hines and uh, uh, Hines and Taylor. No, no doubt about it. And then we. I don't know how many yards we had passing to the two of them, but it was a huge, huge day for those two guys. So I want to keep that identity along with Pittman as your number one guy. Just keep Wentz on the reservation. And by that, I mean, here's what I mean by that, is make sure that in his attempt to win the game, when he's on the move, when he's extending, because we don't want him not to extend because he makes a lot of plays on his feet. But we have to make sure we get through to him when he's at such a disadvantage that he can't make the play. I don't like throwing with my left hand. I don't even like those underneath plays. If you know what I'm saying, I'm just I'm just saying that's where the control has to be. I I think that we've got to develop that good number two and three threats. I was really happy to see Granson actually do something that I would hope he would did, which was make a play and get it downfield. And I think he can be in that mix. Zach will always be a really good role player, dependable guy. So I think we would like to find a more consistent number two guy now that Pittman is going to demand coverage and the running game is. So those other, the others on our team are going to get one-on-one all day, Matt. They're not, they're not going to get any attention whatsoever. So they have to play. And then I am concerned. I really am concerned about the Braden Smith thing. He just seems to be, on a hard luck season. I mean, he just can't do anything. You know, he, he, he goes in there, he comes back. And honestly, since he's been back, he has played his tail off. I mean, he's a block and fool over there. And then he comes up with a tricep. And I do think that, although I think Pryor has done a, a commendable job, I think, it, I think it's something we have to worry about as we go forward is that right tackle position. That's Rick Venturi, and this is Inside Football. That's a look at the offense. Let's go defensive positives through nine games for the Colts. And 
Defensively, the hallmark of that unit has been the run defense. The Colts are giving up just barely over 100 yards per game. Uh, They've held four teams to under 100 yards on the season. They've always been great at slowing down the run since 2018. They're elite at creating takeaways as well. As we know, dating back to last season, the Colts have now forced a turnover in 10 consecutive games. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. Uh, The Colts lead the NFL in forced turnovers with 20 on the season, and the offense is benefiting. They have 77 points off of turnovers. That's the most in the NFL. Uh, Rick, we'll talk about the pass defense in a minute. That's another story. But those are the positives for the Colts defense through nine games of the season. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, there's been some signatures in the Eberflus era, both positive and negative. And we're and we're going to cover them because I don't believe because you win a game that you overlook. If you do that to me, you're an ostrich. I hear guys after the game justifying injuries and things like that. We'll get into that. But the tremendous positives, the number one positives, and this is the salvation of this defense. It's the one salvation is the turnover machine. I mean, we're number, what, what are we at, 20 now? We're at, we're at half of 40, and I thought that was, after the first couple of weeks, I thought that was a joke, but we are half there. It's real deal. And, you know, it, it, as good as the team is, ideal-wise, there is no one like Leonard. I, I, I've never seen it. Uh, this, guy, uh, this guy has the ability, and he does it day after day, week after week. If there's a most valuable stripper in this league, it is absolute Darius Leonard. And the game was 14-7 to then. I mean, it was still, you know, very much a football game, and he kind of gave it that gave us that comfort zone. It's always a game-changing play. I mean, the guy just has a knack. I, I just, I, I'm just amazed at it, to be honest with you. So I think, you know, that the turnover team is what has saved us. That's our signature, and, you know, that's got to continue. Um, also, our rush defense has been a signature, and it's really gotten better and better, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think we're now number eight in yards per rush. And that, the, the, the biggest key is always yards per rush both sides of the ball. It's not not necessarily total rush because that has to do with games, who you're playing, you know, tempo of the game. But the fact that we're holding people right at 4-0, you know, and we've been through some pretty good rushing teams. Uh, those two signatures are are really amazing. I do think you know it's a little bit lost because he's not in the in the sack column. But I thought Pay had two really good rushes, two good hits on the quarterback that affected the quarterback. We didn't get him down, but we affected it. Um, you know, I think Okereke is coming now. He'll never be confused with Dick Butkus in the middle because he isn't that style. But he has really gotten better. I mean, he's not out of position very much. He's making a lot of tackles. He's really trying to get upfield uh, in the in the running game. So you know, I think those are are, are key deals there. Um, obviously, Kenny Moore is a real stalwart. You know, he's he's right next to Leonard to me in value uh, on this team because he comes up with big plays. He never comes out. Uh, he plays tough. He plays his position like an all pro, to tell you the truth. So, you know, to me, those are the key positives, particularly two positives that have been a signature of this team, one turnovers and two rush defense. Yeah. All right. Then as far as defensive tweaks, I mean, we've talked about it. The Colts are giving up 69 percent completion percentage on the year. And no matter who the quarterback seems to be, they're able to complete a high volume of throws. 
especially the short and intermediate throws. Uh, Josh Johnson and Mike White, they combined for 398 yards, four touchdowns, only one interception. And again, it was a little disheartening on a night when the Colts should have won bigger than they did, honestly. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, there is a tendency to relax with the big, but I'm not going to go there because I think, and I'm not going to go injuries because this is a pattern. As good as the pattern has been on turnover and rushes, this is the third signature, and it's a terrific negative. And this is a passing league. It isn't a running league. As I said, if you look at the percentage against you, you you just chronicled at 69%, which sits you at number 30. The bottom 10 teams there are bottom-feeding defenses. And other than us and the Chiefs, there's nobody that's even competitive in the league in that bottom 10. And there's four stats that are killing you. It's percentage at 30. It's passer rating. And this goes back four years, as I chronicled early. It's not just the Drew Breeses. It's just not the Drew Breeses. It's the Minshews. It's the Bortles. It's, you know, it's, it's now Josh Johnson. I mean, you cannot continue to let this happen. And I'm a little disappointed in West 56th Street that we haven't done something about it. You know, and, you know, again, it's a combination of many things, but schematically there's an issue because there's no nuance in the defense. And I will say, they did come out Sunday and they played a, what I call a lot of four match early, which was a, which at least tried to get on those receivers quick because we talked about how many balls went to the backs and we did a pretty good job, but then they got the ball downfield into the holes. And so we struggled schematically. We also, now that wasn't apparent this week, but it was the week before. We've never been game specific to take away a key receiver to me, which is un- inexcusable. You know, we aren't getting a lot of rush. There isn't any question about that, but that is sometimes tied in with the coverage. People tend to think that it's rush that makes the secondary. It's it's a two-way street. If you're allowing quick rhythm balls to come out, then your rush isn't going to get there. It's like a, you know, it, it's sometimes like a place kick. You can, you can come from the outside and never get there, even if you're unblocked. So, you know, <clears throat> I don't know when they're going to address it. And this is something that the other thing that's amazing to me, because this has been a strength of ours, is our fourth quarter defense. This, you know, now a lot of it is catch up stuff, but we were always the third part of our really good defense was always rush defense, turnovers, fourth quarter defense. We always found a way to bow up. And right now we're 29th, you know, giving up 9.8 points a quarter. So, you know, the, if that isn't a red light now, it should have been there for three years. And it's hard to make it up during the regular season. It really, really is. But you better damn sure do it because you're going to face four top quarterbacks in the last eight and four top offenses. And if you don't shut that down, I mean, you 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 can you can kiss playoffs goodbye. That's Rick Venturi. This is Inside Football. That's a recap offense, defense, and a look at the Jets game as the Colts won on a short week, 45-30 to 30 over New York. Lastly, Rick, as we wrap up, let's talk about what the rest of the season looks like. What is yeah. a reasonable expectation for the Colts, given the schedule, the final eight games? We know about the, the O for your last eight against playoff teams in 2020. Can the Colts close out some of these games and beat good teams down the stretch like the Bucks, the Bills, the Raiders, who look like they're headed for the playoffs this season? 
We're going to find out if they can win some of these games. But what are your tiers of games, if you will, yep. in the last eight? And how does that break down for the Colts? Yeah, you know, you kind of nailed it. And I talked about that in the beginning. The, the the pluses, and I mean this as a plus. This is not a backhanded comment. The, the Colts just post up and they win the games they should win. And now we're going to have to find a way to win some games that we're going to be the underdog in or at least against good teams. Now, as I look at our team, and then I'm going to get into specifics that you've asked for, is if I looked at our team last night at the end of nine games, and this is kind of a midseason break almost, I think at this point, and I I think that our offense is good enough to get us. I I mean, I'm I'm very happy with it. I, I think our offense is good enough to get us 10 to 11 wins the way our defensive play is playing right now they're going to keep us at eight and nine so somewhere that offense has to stay consistent and i think the biggest key there is keeping the identity and keeping Wentz on the reservation and then defensively flatly guys you got to fix it you if you have your head in the sand and you can't understand this after three and a half years then you really don't deserve to be here to be honest with you looking at the specifics I'm going to put my analyst hat on more than my coaching hat because my coaching hat says the only game that we're interested is a week from Sunday against the Jaguars. That's it. And that's how I'm coaching my team. But my analyst says this because I've already studied the Jaguars and I know the Texans. So I think unless we have a meltdown of historic proportions, we should win those three division games, two with the Jags, and we should win the Texans game. And I mean that sincerely. I mean, and if we play our best and they play their best, we win those three games. Right. So if you look at it where we are right now, that is seven and five. Okay, that's seven and five. And I think that's a given. I think the Patriots at four and four are very average. I don't think, I think Belichick will keep them competitive, but I think they're a very average team and I'm going to give us the win there at home, okay? The win there at home. I think we've got a nice break in between there also, and that puts us – Right, that's coming to, off the bye, yeah. You, you with me on this? Yeah. And that 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 brings us, in my opinion, this is the analyst in me, to eight and five. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the key. Eight and five, from here, you've got the Raiders. I mean, you've got the Raiders, Arizona, you got Buffalo, and you got the Bucks. All potential division winners, all good teams, all quarterbacks who can light you up if you don't do something about what you're doing. And to me, the key issue there is you've got to get a split there. You've got to get a split there to get to 10, Matt. I think 10 will get you in. Okay, I can't guarantee it, but I think 10 will get you in. And realistically, the way if our offense continues to go and we can somehow fix this pass defense, then, you know, I think that you, you, you've got to be competitive, though, and you've got to find a way to split realistically those four games. If you do better, great. Do better, great. But find a way to split those and you win 10. Now, obviously, those three division games, I mean, it, it, it's going to take a, 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 a catastrophe to lose one of those, and I think you beat the Patriots. Now, he's going to coach him well. He's going to be ready, but I think you win that one. So I think you're looking, you know, I, I think you're looking at eight and five. 
uh, with those uh, with those four games to go. So if you get to ten wins, that means in the last eight games, the Colts go six and two. And you know, I think that's necessary. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, you know, they, you know, I'm, and I'm not being critical, but they dug their own hole. I mean, you go, mm-hmm. you know, as you said the other night, you know, you start the you start the season, zero and three. You know, now you, you're 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 climbing you're climbing a mountain. We found that a week. We found that a year ago. Right. As good as we played, and 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 we were eleven and five. But the initial loss in the regular season cost us a home playoff game. So you 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 know you're you're on an uphill climb. Uh, but the good news for me is between special teams and offense, we are near elite team. We're we're I will say this potentially elite team. We have to continue to play like we're playing. Yeah. You know, last night and most of the, I mean, we've been scoring like crazy. Come on. Over 30 and four straight games. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. that's doing something. Exactly. We haven't seen those numbers since Peyton Manning was the quarterback here. That's right. I mean, eighth in the league in scoring. Yeah. You know, but, you know, 17th in scoring on defense means you're, you know, you're kind of mediocre, but the other stats just kill you. All right, my friend. Fantastic as always. I thought this was a good little break from our preview podcast because it was a short week, so it does give some time to kind of exhale a little bit and take a bigger look at what's going on on offense, defense, and the final eight games of the season now that we're sort of at the midway point of the NFL's regular season with a 17-game regular season here in 2021. What are you doing this weekend? How are you going to spend your off off weekend with no ball on Sunday? You know what? I haven't even thought about it, to be honest with <laughs> Come you. Come on now. I, I tell you what, I was, you know, getting ready for that game last night, and you know this. I mean, I mean that was such a, a short week that I just put all my focus on that. I'm going to take 100%. a deep breath today after we finish this, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and we'll worry about the weekend. Hopefully hopefully the weather's good because you know one thing is a constant. If the weather's good, you know one thing I'll be doing. I'll, well, I'll, be, I'll, be out on that, I'll be out on that goal wing, and I'll, I will be enjoying <laughs> The peak fall here, the turn of the leaves here yeah. in Indiana. Well, I think I got an extra rake if you want to come down and help me out in the yard. I'll put you to work. Name your price. I'll pay you an hourly wage. I've retired on that function right now. I, <laughs> one thing I've done in my career is I've, I've done well enough to have somebody help me out on that. That's all right. That's all right. I'm staring at a pile of leaves coming up <laughs> this weekend. But you know what? I, I weirdly, you know this about me, I weirdly enjoy that kind of stuff. It gets me out and gets me active i'm out in the air and so hopefully i can get it well done. you know what that is that's your that's does for you what my <laughs> motorcycle does for me yeah, you know you I, I i mean i my wife even said it you know my, the motorcycle is better than another woman or a trip to the psychiatrist <laughs> <laughs> well it's that's one way to put it it's all about perspective <laughs> that's what i tell my wife all the time you're mad at me i could be you know, I could be, you know, out running around or you know, I could be a, a gambling addict. You got it pretty good. You know, I'm just. Well, Miss Sherry, you all know, I want to do is watch you, football. You were kidding me before. She's had like 50 years of kickoffs <laughs> and she walked in my room this morning and, I, you know, I, I got up quickly. I got my coffee and water and she looked at me and she goes, you are just obsessed. <laughs> it's what you do. I mean, between <laughs> August, August and February, you can't turn it off, man. <laughs> That's right. right That's there right. With you. All right, well, rest up. Uh, we'll do it again on Monday. We'll uh, talk with you again on Colts Roundtable Live, and then we'll be back to the podcast 
at our normal time next Wednesday getting ready for the Jaguars. Rick, thanks as always for the time and have a good weekend off. All right. Thank you, Matt. Good job on those two games in four days. That you, voice held up well. <laughs> you too, pal. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be at full strength coming up next Sunday against the Jaguars <laughs> and get some get some more punch in the uh, in the voice and some more fizz in the soda, so to speak. <laughs> That's Rick Venturi. I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks for joining us here on Inside Football. Colts beat the Jets on Thursday night, 45-30. to Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week here on Colts.com and the Colts mobile app.